This episode of the Lovecraft Tapes is brought to you by our generous supporters who contributed to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Tucked back in the corners of an ancient library, poring over old tomes, seeking hidden truth beyond the veil, is a brand new cultist of the starry wisdom. Welcome, Silent Rage. Thanks to all our distinguished professors at Miskatonic, including Brittany Davis, John M. Ray, Olda Polkert, Eric Zane, Eric Miles, Mitch L., Lobster Johnson, Eric Gordon, and Tom Douglas. And thanks to all our stalwart students at Miskatonic, including D.W., Milkamix, Oystein Bowler, Dante Ruivo, Wouter Vermeyen, Malambra57, and Star Pupil Rolling Boxcars. Now, on with the show. Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Matt, as Private Detective Dan Williams. Spooky Tunnel! Spooky Tunnel! Brian, as Dr. Hubert Pretorius Loveland. I cannot believe the craftsmanship in the stained glass windows. And Gabe, as Special Agent Roy Arroyo. Cricket. Cricket? Cricket. Welcome, players. Let's begin by checking the mailbag for any letters from beyond. I signed up for a brand new service that trolls iTunes or Apple Podcasts and sends me all of the reviews from around the world that people have left on our podcast on iTunes. We got a bunch of them that I didn't realize were out there, and I'm just going to include a couple now because they were so nice. Uh, We got one from Ambrobot, and I assume the bro is because it's a male, but... I shouldn't assume. Ambrobot says, Entertaining and well-paced, I spend a good portion of my day, sometimes upwards of 10 hours, driving around delivering pizzas. So I'm constantly on the lookout for new and interesting narrative podcasts to binge on, and this one hit a sweet spot for me. The DM is very good at setting a scene and keeping the players on task, and it never gets too bogged down in mechanics to be boring or tedious to listen to. While it's not up to the same audio or editing standards I've grown accustomed to, it's still well worth the listen for the fun players and characters and the unusual messes they get themselves in. This podcast deserves a wider audience for sure. You're calling us fat? I was going to say, I'm losing weight. I don't think I'm wider. P-H-A-T. Yeah, pretty hot and tempting. We also got a second review from Ancha, who said, A great, entertaining podcast. I listen to many different podcasts of many different genres, and I usually never go out of my way to rate or review them. However, this podcast deserves the love. Listening to many actual play podcasts, this is my favorite Lovecraftian one out of all the ones that I have listened to. Also, listening to the players reference to some of the other favorite podcasts that I also happen to love, Cough, Welcome to Night Vale, Cough, makes it all the better. The commercials at the beginning are fantastic, and the recommendals at the end are great to introduce me to new stuff. Overall, a fantastic podcast to get into. These accusations are completely unfounded. Everybody knows that mountains don't actually exist. So thank you, uh, Ambrobot and Ancha. And uh, as we go into future episodes, we'll be adding more uh, of these reviews from different countries and reviews that I didn't know existed. So That's awesome. Good find. Well, announcements, we got them. If you'd like to support our humble podcast, please go to patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes and kick in some dough. Rewards range from mere student to the dreamlands with cool rewards at each level, so check them out. Again, that's patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. We also have branded merchandise at teespring.com slash stores slash lovecrafttapes, including hashtag tacofish shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, and more. Again, that's teespring.com slash stores slash lovecrafttapes. And, of course, you can find these links and more anytime at thelovecrafttapes.com. All right, does anybody know what time it is? Uh, uh, time for Gabe to show up because he's late. No, no, it's time to pay the bills, so we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's that time of the year. Rain falls, sun shines, and you've got yourself an overgrown lawn lush with vibrant, strong, sentient grass leaves. Chilling, isn't it? I mean, psychologically, of course. It's summer so it's hotter than the hubs of Hades. But inside? Oh boy, sends a shiver up your spine just looking at the backyard brambles, don't it? Never fear, lawnmower men are here. 
Just give us a jingle and we'll send two or three strapping young lads to your home where they will strip down completely naked and get to work munching away at all that grass. The emerald juice dripping down their pivoting muscular jaws as they ingest acre after acre. Where does it go? Who cares? What matters is, within the hour you'll have a neatly trimmed lawn that'll be the envy of your neighbors. Unless... Er, the neighbor's dog just happens to stray into the path of our workers. Then it's curtains for El Pucherino, I'm afraid. If I were you, I'd just tell old nosy what's-her-name that Fido ran off toward the ravine, chasing a squirrel instead. Helps to avoid the inevitable lawsuit, and there's no corpse to prove you're lying. Don't sweat it. You'll be relaxing above your shorn landscape in a swaying hammock, reading the latest bestseller by that horror guy from Maine. What's his name? Uh, never mind. I'll just Google it. Meantime, don't forget to call Lawnmower Men when the greenery gets meanier. And we're back. Oh, they did have the skills to pay those bills. <laughs> the quality of our sponsors has increased marginally, maybe from like a 5 to a 6%. Uh, 5 and a half. It's, it's five, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 5 and a half. It's noticeable, though. It's, it's noticeable. True. Now... Dear investigators, we continue. Chapter 6, The Big Uneasy. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Despite ominous signs, our investigators boldly enter the overgrown environs of the abandoned Laplace Memorial Cemetery. Roy is afflicted with another bout of dizziness, but he manages to shake it off. Together, the trio slips into the dilapidated church. Inside, they find someone standing amid the debris, heedless to their warnings. Dan and the good doctor discover this someone actually turns out to be a wooden statue of Christ. Roy is temporarily enamored of the tiled fresco of the Last Supper in the rear of the church, noting something familiar about the money pouch that Judas is holding. Taking a photo of the peculiar pouch for later inspection, he is suddenly distracted by a crocodile-headed woman who leads him toward the belfry, then disappears. While Dan discovers a secret passage hidden beneath the statue that leads into a precarious circumstance below ground, Pretorius joins Roy at the top of the staircase just as the stained glass shatters around them. Roy, you are standing on the belfry, looking at the southernmost stained glass window that depicts the crocodile-headed woman when suddenly it erupts in a deadly shower of broken shards as something hurtles through it from outside. A Molotov cocktail! <laughs> Deja vu. Whatever it is emits a strange, high-pitched tittering sound that reverberates throughout the tower, causing a chill to creep up the back of your neck. Instinctively, you raise your hands to ward off the unexpected attack, but realize too late you've become off-balance on the rickety wooden platform. Roy, I'm going to need you to make a dodge roll. Splat. Okay. No, I don't want to. Sure thing, boss. But let me let me just grab it here, Roy. Okay, here we go. You can help me load this couch in the back of my van. Puts <laughs> the ocean on its skin or it gets the hose again. Holy cow. He needed a 25 or below, and he rolled a 4, which is extremely good. Cat-like reflexes. <laughs> which is amazing. Superhero landing. He's going to do a superhero landing. Roy holds up his hands to ward off the glass shattered around him and squats down quickly to avoid whatever it is floating through the window. And he starts to tumble backwards down the staircase, but he manages to turn it into a handspring (laughs) and then lands like Iron Man at the very bottom of the stairs. Giving him a 7.3. He separated his legs a little bit on the landing. My God, I'm giving him a 10. Oh, 10 of it. The Russian judge is not going to be impressed. Hubert, you are standing on the belfry landing looking at the northernmost stained glass window that depicts robed individuals gathered around a black box when suddenly the sounds of broken glass and a weird tittering from behind you makes you flinch and cover yourself instinctively. Through your fingers, you glimpse something hurtling into the belfry from outside and your mind recoils in horror. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll, Hubert. Sanity, 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 sanity's out. Oh, boy. 
Well, I needed a 65, and I rolled a 95. That is a fail. I'd like to spend all of my luck. Please roll a <laughs> d10. I don't want to. 10? 10. I hardly know her. <laughs> I rolled a d10. I rolled an 8. That's how many sanity damage you take, Hubert. Oh. Uh, sanity loss of 5 points or more. Make an intelligence roll. I needed a 45, and I rolled a 27. All right. So if successful, temporary insanity ensues. So we need to... Give you a little temporary insanity. Finally. <laughs> Keep in mind, if you take any more uh, sanity damage, Hubert, mm -hmm. uh, if you take five more today, then shit's going to get real. Or not real, because it's insanity. You will be insane in the membrane. Let's do some uh, temporary insanity. What do you say? Yeah. Great. Now I'm stuck in a potentially haunted slash possessed church with one guy who's high off his ass on drugs and another one who's insane. But he's a fantastic gymnast, so it's okay. That's fantastic. Oh, so good. Mr. Arroyo goes to the Olympics. Oh, hi, Mark. We have a suggestion to sacrifice Roy for not showing up today. I second this motion. Go ahead and roll me a D10 there, big buddy. Another one? Can I call you Hubie? I rolled a d10, I got a 9. So I'm really doing well at rolling today, just in the wrong direction. Hubert, I need you to roll a d100. Hi, Dios mio, it's me magnifica. Ah, CC. Welcome to the Hubert Rolls podcast. Ah, finally. Hopefully this is good. No, it doesn't matter. It's a random number. Oh, 23. I just need to go find that table. I flipped the table. Page 160 in the Keeper's Rulebook for phobias. Oh. And you rolled a 23, so your phobia is... <laughs> All right, I'm actually going to uh, whisper this to Brian. Oh, I want to be a part of the fun. All right, so uh, Brian Hubert now has a compulsion. He sees maps everywhere. Maps? So Dora's my best friend? What, what this means is, like, anything that you see is a potential map to something secret. Oh, okay. This is actually called cardicothes, uncontrollable compulsion to see maps everywhere. And this will last for a little while. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and roll me a 1d10. A 9, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, so oh you, my God. we're, we're going to say that you keep this uh, for about nine hours. Okay, great. So just play it up. All right, we're back. Oh, hey. <laughs> well, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Mm. I did not do it. As your mind recoils in horror, you see... A shapeless mass glides into the belfry, its form translucent and barely visible except for a slight pink tinge, the color just enough for you to see loathsome talon-tipped tentacles and a writhing protuberance rimmed inside with malformed sharp teeth that gnash and suckle at the air around it, lashing uncontrollably. You shriek helplessly as it continues its path. <laughs> Smashing through the northern stained glass depiction and back outdoors. Wow! That was really lucky that it didn't stop or see us. And so now uh, you are standing in the belfry alone, stained glass shards all around you. And now we're going to switch to Dan. I'm here too! I didn't even get to roleplay! I'm a part of this podcast! Hey, whisper to me again, Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> whisper sweet nothings. Dan! You are standing in the narrow, rough-hewn passage beneath the church. The cell phone in your hand emits a light that now seems feeble, barely able to illuminate the path in front of you, never mind the large chamber just beyond where you heard the scraping sounds. Ignoring the sweat trickling down your neck, you stare down the barrel of your gun and are rewarded with the sight of someone dressed in a brown robe staring back at you from the dimness. In fact, as your eyes adjust, you can see several robed figures just ahead. You wish you hadn't, though, since many of them seem to have experienced some sort of decrepitude. Missing eyes, gashed faces, limbs bent at awkward, impossible angles. As one, they all turn toward you, and you can feel your mind also turning in on itself. Please make a sanity roll. That sounded like a question. <laughs> a sanity, make a roll? sanity roll? No. Whoa. No. <laughs> Okay. I needed a 65 and I rolled a 79. That is a failure. Please roll me a D8. A date? A date. Can you roll me a date? Uh, that's a five. So go ahead and lower your 
sanity. And uh, what is one fifth of your normal sanity? Or your current sanity, I should say. I was about at 65. Also the same, 13. All right, so go ahead and lower your sanity by five and check that little box that says temporarily insane. (laughs) Well, this is going well. (laughs) Go ahead and roll me a D100, please. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Short podcast. Uh, I rolled a 21. Nicely done. Okay. I blame Gabe for everything that happens today. <laughs> you should. As well you all should. All his fault. Hit him with the uh, extreme roll. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he sucked all the good luck out of the rest of us for that gross, one roll. Gross. Oh, boy. This should be fun. All right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, whisper to Matt. Oh, my. We'll be back. Go ahead and roll me a D10, please. That was a 10. Nice. So for the next 10 hours, you are going to be suffering from... Botanophobia, fear of plants. Now, this is going to be rather interesting because you are in the cemetery, which is overgrown with plants. So uh, it's going to be very creepy, very weird. Just take this into account and use it for your role playing. Uh, I will do my best with that. And uh, on your character sheet, you'll see there is a box in your description for phobias and manias. Please mm-hmm. mark down botanophobia. <laughs> Cool. Welcome to Insanity, brother. I hear you have uh, fun and games. But hopefully not in the jungle, right? This is not a Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie, so there shouldn't be any jungle involved. All right, so let's pick up with Dan. You see these figures, many of them, shuffling towards you now. Molotov cocktail. (laughs) Damn it. If only I would have brought my morning beer with me. I guess the first thing I'm going to do is start slowly shuffling backwards while still, you know, keeping an eye on them. As you do so, they begin to pick up speed. And now you can get a much better look at them. They have what appears to be lichen and mold and vines growing out of them. I thought you meant they were werewolves. The lichens. Oh, like werewolves growing off of them. Okay. That makes it much less scary. And your gun hand starts to tremble uncontrollably. At that point, I'm going to do the cartoon thing where I'm going to stand still for a second and then spin and sprint away so fast there's like a cloud of dust in the shape of me where I was standing previously. Yep, he's insane. All right, and so we've already established that you're probably about 100 feet from the entry, assuming that's where you're headed back to is the ladder. Yep. Watch out for falling hammers. And as you turn and sprint, you hear the mass also do such. So, what we're going to do, I'm thinking it'd be fun to do another chase. What do you think? Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> no. That yeah, would not at all be fun in any way whatsoever. Oh, rooftop to rooftop. Uh, the, fun, the fun levels in that would probably be negative, and as such, it would drive away our five patrons, <laughs> so you might want to uh, Roll stay Roll for away. chase. All right, so we got the chase all set up. All things being equal, let's see, determined dex order. What is your dex, sir? 60. 60's pretty decent. Let me check these guys. Well, with rotting flesh and missing eyes. Right, you would think. They have a dex of 35, so you will definitely be going first. We're going to turn into a Scooby-Doo style chase where we're running in and out of different doors in a long hallway. Go in one side, come out the other side of the hallway on the other end. I'm going to need you to make two rolls if you're running full speed away, which is, I assume, what you're doing. Yep. So the first one is going to be Navigate. And I'm going to give you a bonus dice on that. I'm 50 in Navigate, so... Uh Uh-huh. Don't don't turn down the bonus dice. Which I'm going to need that bonus dice because the first roll was an 80. And it's a 4. I'll take that, which makes it a 40. You are so lucky. As you run back, for just a moment, you sort of lose your sense of direction. And you take a couple steps down the other passage. And then an odor of lush, rotting vegetation assails your nostrils and you immediately recoil and understand that you've taken the wrong step and then whirl back around to where you know the ladder is now and you can see about halfway down that hallway that you ran out of there are maybe a dozen of these people chasing you what a day to forget my lmg it's like i'm back in nom and finally i need you to climb up the ladder and again you'll get the bonus dice if you need it. Which Whoa. I don't need, because I needed a 50 and I rolled a 37. So you clamber up to the top of the ladder, and just as you reach the top and hoist yourself back up onto the platform dais, you see the first 
of these robed individuals reach the bottom of the ladder. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking if I want to just slam the door, if I want to take advantage and tell them that it's all over because I have the high ground, Anakin. Um, <laughs> it's just like straight down, empty out the entire clip and see how many people I kill. But then I run the chance of them maybe getting out and that would... Uh... The internal monologue. <laughs> You know, <laughs> hey, do you guys mind just giving me a minute? I'm trying to think this out. I think all things considered, I'm just going to slam the trap door and see as fast as I can if I can't, like, roll or swing the statue or somehow get the statue back over the door to hold it shut. Yeah, you easily slam the trap door back into place and slide the bolt to lock it. And then I'm going to need you to make a strength check. No bonus die on this one to attempt to maneuver the statue back into place. I needed an 80. I rolled a 78. So yeah, you struggle and sweat, and you can hear the clambering, clawing hands hitting the rungs of the ladder on the way back up to the trap door. And just as you maneuver the statue onto the trap door, you can hear banging coming from it below. Oh, gross. Dead by gun! So let's switch back to Hubert. I don't remember what I was doing now so long ago. Right? <laughs> You're standing on the belfry, sort of shaken to your very core. All around you are shards of stained glass. The late morning sunshine is now blazing into both sides of the belfry where the creature had gone through. You obviously have a, a high view of the rest of the cemetery. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to slowly uncover my eyes. And look at the glass on the floor. It's not candy. Don't try to eat it. Too late. And blood just got out. <laughs> I heard so it tastes so good. Oh, Ouch. <laughs> now my eyes are hungry. Uh. <laughs> and see that it reveals everything we've been looking for, that I've been looking for. I'm going to quickly run to the window and look out over the cemetery. And you're going to trip and fall out the window. And I know exactly where I need to go. Indeed, you do. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please. I needed a 25. I got a 48. He wants to spend all of his luck. But I am also a little insane, so it might even be less than that. So, uh, yeah, you rush to the window and fearfully look around for evidence of that creature still floating outside. And you can find nothing. You know that it was translucent with just like a slight pinkish glow from inside. But you don't you don't see it anywhere now. And the cemetery appears to be very quiet. And of course, it looks like just a bunch of dilapidated tombstones and crypts and statues. You see no evidence of anything strange or odd. And now that you look back down at the stained glass, which moments before seemed to be telling you to look outside now appear to be pointing downstairs. But that makes sense. I've got to follow this lead. I'll check on Roy on my way. Talking out loud, mind you. You walk down the stairs very carefully. There's a little bit of stained glass shatters. It's almost like a trail all the way to where I need to be. Yes, and, and the last few shards do end exactly where Roy is still in his superhero pose, almost as if he's frozen in that position. You notice very quickly that the markings on the back of his neck have grown even further. And you can see the slight design or impression of that symbology. The sun, the moon, the lightning. And he is completely immobile. Mr. Arroyo, I have the lead. We must go. Get up. And he stands up. He has a very weird blank look in his eyes. Must be some really good shit, man. Eddie mumbles, lead the way, Doc. First, we must find Daniel. Daniel! And Dan, you do indeed hear... A faint voice coming from the where the northern bell tower is. Doc, that where'd you go? I'm by the northern tower where he just <laughs> said, you jackass. I'd, I'd I'd come and meet you, but I'm afraid these things are gonna escape. So I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep sitting on this statue. Gross. Uh, uh fun fun fact: there's weird half plant half people things underneath the church, and they're trying to kill me. I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm coming to you. Stay where you are. Gonna run over to where he is. And Roy, let's get over there. Roy is following docilely, almost as if in a daze. His uh, motions are very stiff. See the ball? See the ball? Go get it, Roy. Go get the ball. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) Hubert, you see Dan on top of the dais, his hands clasped to the statue, sort of holding it in place when you hear a faint thumping sound coming from beneath. Hmm. Daniel, it's got a good beat. Could you do me a favor? Uh, what? Could you rock me on a dais? 
Amadeus, Amadeus, oh, oh, Amadeus, Amadeus. Oh, that was a stretch. Sorry. That was awesome. Um, well, what what has happened here? We we have something amazing to tell you. We saw the most amazing creature. Beautiful. So, uh, you you know those tunnels we found uh, under the, uh, the the dais we're on? There's tunnels. Yeah, there's 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 uh, tunnels in that room down there. Oh my. I made the unfortunate decision of walking down one that had strange noises coming out of it. Turns out there's a a whole lot of things. I mean, they're like they look like people, but you know they're like missing body parts and eyes and noses and and limbs, and they're covered in like moss and and werewolves and uh, lichen. Um, and it and they kind of ran at me, and I kind of ran in the other direction, and now they're trying to escape. So, and as you say that, Dan, you happen to notice that there is quite a lot of mold in the corners of this church. And Hubert, yes, the tiled fresco of the Last Supper appears almost as if the figures are pointing in a certain direction. Hmm. I'm going to investigate that. Daniel, you stay here. Roy, stay here. I'm going to look at something. I'm going to pull my shirt up over my nose and mouth to cover them and then just kind of give him a thumbs up as he walks away. And as you do so, your thumb is sort of quavering slightly. Did you fart, Daniel? (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, I will be over here. All right, go ahead and give me a spot hidden there, Doc. I'm going to give you a spot hidden, Doc. Yes. Ooh, I'm spending the luck. I needed a 25. I got a 28, and I'm going to spend the luck. What's that take you down to? 42. All right. It's the answer to everything. I knew it. It was working. (laughs) We win. You're studying the fresco, and it's almost as if all of the attendants, their eyes have been painted as such to where they're looking at the figure Judas. His eyes are painted to be looking down at the money pouch in his hand. I'm going to reach up and touch the money pouch. As you do, the pouch falls from the fresco. (gasps) I didn't do it, Mom. I didn't do it. Am I insane or did that happen? It looks like somebody came through here and replaced all of their painted eyes with googly eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Darn you, Ann Wheaton. (laughs) (laughs) The entire fresco, the last supper with googly eyes. It is transformed from a simple money pouch to what is clearly a woman's handbag. Like a clutch type thing? Yes, exactly right. Yep. It was very similar to what was in the painting, which is now missing from the painting. What the fuck? Yes. And I will need you to make a sanity roll as this strange supernatural occurrence happens. I needed a 57. I got a 16. I'm overly sane. All right. So you you shake off the unnerving sensation of what had just happened and, and just chalk it up to that it wasn't actually part of the fresco. It was probably just sort of stuck there. Or... Like on a hook. So you're not quite sure what's happening, but you managed to shake it off. It's okay. That handbag was so last season anyway. He's better off without it. I agree 100%. Oh my, that's gorgeous. I'm going to pick it up and immediately open it and look in. It's a ladder going down into a tunnel. <laughs> All right, so inside you see, appears to be just a few coins, some lipstick, and a small pistol. I quickly bring it over to Daniel and Roy and show them. I found some clues, boys. What do you make of these? Uh, I think that lipstick is uh, not your shade. I think you're more of an autumn. Dan? You recognize the handbag immediately. You recognize the shade of lipstick. And you most certainly recognize the Ruger twenty two handgun that belonged to your fiance. Whoa, whoa where, where'd you get this? It was, it, it, it's very hard to explain. I, my mind's a little jumbled right now. I went over and I touched the coin purse and this just fell to the floor. Do you know it? That, Do you know it? That, that bag and everything in it? That, that's... Uh, sir, it's a clutch. That that clutch and everything in it. That that bag and everything in it. Wait a minute, I feel like we're stuck in a loop. Uh, that that Sam's. That's that's her bag. It's her lipstick. It's her her pistol. I know this stuff. Sir, pull yourself together. Smack Dan in the cheek. Roll for smack. Roy remains silent, but he is looking intently at the clutch handbag, and he reaches up and scratches the back of his neck. Daniel, we need to take care of Roy as soon as possible. The poison is spreading. The only way to get the antidote is through the galagmatotites. You want to find these guys? And what exactly? Ask politely. I don't want to find them. We have to find them if we're going to save Roy. I mean, if we just leave him out here, is anyone really going to notice? Mm, probably not. 
maybe his 7,000 kids and his wife. And that gargantuan of a woman that drove us here. I heard that. <laughs> I heard that, that, that. I don't have anything in my arsenal that can help him at this point. We need the antidote. Yeah, but do we even know where to start in terms of finding these weirdos? Can you not see the clues that are right before us? Uh, the only thing I see is the potential black mold and infections and diseases oh, that come from. Oh, that is from. all part of it, my boy. They are cultivating it here, but it is transported to another location, which we must find. They're not cultists, they're cultivatists? <laughs> well, that makes sense. We've been looking at this all wrong. This makes so much more sense now. It doesn't make any more sense now. I'm still highly confused. And the thumping stops. You think they're dead? Well, you never busted a beat, so I'm just saying. They're probably pissed. And here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say we get out of here. We come back and uh, and, and investigate a little bit more into the cemetery. What, what, what is your opinion? I, I'm a little nervous being here with the, with the creatures and, and, and the thing I saw in the tower. And, 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 and Roy's not acting right. So we have things above us and things below us. Uh, the sky, you weirdo. I never trusted this guy. I know. What guy? Thing, this guy. Who's got two thumbs and doesn't trust anybody? This guy. <laughs> this guy. We can definitely see. I hope so. We have eyeballs. Jose, can you see? Ah, uh, my name is Herbert. I'm not sure if there's going to be much in an old cemetery, but we can... The clues are everywhere. We've got to find our way. We have to get that antidote. If you know where you're going, because I still don't see any clues. <sighs> I guess it only takes a superior mind. I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> Roy's not here. Someone has to it do it. It takes a steady hand. Operation. From the tower, I did see one spot in the cemetery I would like to visit. Okay. Uh, Let's work our way over there quickly before we leave. Okay. Uh, lead the way, I guess. Okay, I'm leading the way, I guess. Okay, we're going to exit the church the same way we came in. We're going into the cemetery and heading towards a circled statue near the west side of the cemetery. What appears to be the best route that way is to head north along that path. And then uh, you can see that there's a path that ends at the very edge of the of the jungle and then cuts back towards the west, which would lead you towards this uh, circular ring of stones that you spotted from the northern belfry. But it appears to be some sort of statue amid the ring uh, that stands just outside a much larger mausoleum. That's what I saw. Uh, before we step onto that path to walk back while we're still uh, exiting the church and be like, uh, you know, uh, with, with all the stuff sinking around here, we might want to stay on the pavement. It's uh, solid and not falling into the ground and it's not covered in, you know, stuff that we don't know. This might be poison ivy or, or poison oak or, you know... Poison. Daniel, poison. we have to get there before we lose our light. Nut up, man. I mean, the sun's gonna come back. It it, it always does. Why? Not uh, after today. Tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Home Home Depot and I'm gonna grab uh, some some quick drying cement and uh, I'm gonna put down a nice sidewalk. It's gonna be all level and and pretty. Can you go to Home Depot instead? No, but I can go to Lowe's. Hashtag sponsor us Lowe's. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Well, one way or another, we gotta get there. You lead, then Daniel. I'm gonna follow him and I'm gonna say Roy. Come on, keep up. Roy has no problem keeping up, but Dan appears to be very reluctant to step off of that cracked pavement, which leads back to the front gate, because he knows that once you get into the cemetery, it's all overgrown pathways. It's well-trod, but it's still, at this point, simply dirt pathways. Dan's voice is starting to crack and waver with, it's very plain that something out there is scaring him. Daniel. What is the problem? Uh, I'm just, you know, personal safety. Uh, I've always been a safety first kind of guy, you know. I completely understand. Would you like me to lead? Would that be easier? I can clear us a path with my sword. Oh, yeah, that, that'd be great. You know, um, that, that might help. Okay. Uh, Why don't you stay in between Roy and myself, and that way you're in the middle to give us the most protection that we need? All right, Hubert, I'm going to need you to make a psychology roll, please, in order to convince him. Well, fuck off. I needed a 50, I rolled an 86, right there with all my rolls today. Fail, fail, fail. Dan, as Hubert is attempting to coax you into getting between the two of them as they go venture into the cemetery, you happen to notice that there is a bit of moss growing on Hubert's shoe all of a sudden. 
He doesn't notice it. He keeps talking. He's trying to convince you with soothing words. But as you look down, you can see it's almost as if the moss is growing very slowly onto the tip of his boot. I'm going to stomp on his boot. Go ahead and give me a dodge roll, Hubert. I needed a 20. I rolled a 56. So Dan stomps on your toe for some reason. Very, very hard. It hurts quite a lot. Great Caesar's ghost. What are you doing? For the next hour, you're going to take a penalty dice to anything that involves a skill roll, whether that's dex or uh, dodge or climb or any of that stuff. Let's just keep that in mind. Got him. Uh, you're welcome. There was a, a spider snake on your uh, fly, on your boot. and I, I, I On my fly? Well, then you missed it. I, I killed him for you. You're welcome. I, I'm pretty sure I just, I'm pretty sure I just saved your life. Okay. Daniel, are you okay? Uh, uh peachy? Be honest with me. Oh yeah, d- to- totally, totally great. I, I First, love... you couldn't see the signs that are directing us exactly to this location. I'm not ace of base. What do you expect of me? I don't see the sign. Obviously, you couldn't drop the base, so there's something wrong. I would have dropped the base, but then I'd have to clean up the mess I made afterwards. And that's disgusting. Is it in your boots? Uh-huh. The brown one. <laughs> oh, my special brown boots. M- maybe you're correct. Maybe we should leave this place for today and come back another time. All of us are a little out of sorts. Hubert, as you say that, you understand that that, no, that's not, that's not even possible. You, everything is telling you where you should go. Tell you what, I'm going to go back to the boat, talk to Rita. I'm going to get a flamethrower and I'm going to, I'm going to clear this place out as we go. Cause safety first, uh, flames will definitely scare away any, any spider snake flies that are hiding in the grass. Uh, you know, those things are deadly. Completely understand. Why don't you do this? Roy and I will head over. You'll be our lookout. How does that sound? You could stay here at the church. You give us a loud whistle if you hear anything. Good idea. That's 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 good planning. You know, you always need someone on the. I think that's perfect. Oh, worst case scenario, shoot your gun in the air. Got it. Um, I'll I'll keep an eye out. Okay. Yeah, Dan, you feel relatively safe standing, probably as close to the stairs as you can get. It appears that the southernmost edge of the swamp is sort of creeping towards the paved roadway and obviously the moss and uh, plant life is cracking up through the pavement at certain places it's almost perilous to even head back to the entrance but on the bottom step of the church you feel much more safe and can see pretty well as the good doctor and roy obediently following him wordlessly uh, north into the cemetery Can you repeat that, please? (laughs) So, Doc, as you and Roy make your way north into the cemetery, you pass many dilapidated tombstones, A lot, many of which have uh, sayings on them. Obviously, there's just the the rest in peace, you know, blah, 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 standard stuff. But a couple here and there catch your eye. I want to know what poor soul has blah, 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 standard stuff engraved on his tombstone. (laughs) Here are a few tombstones that catch your eye. Ah, my eye. One says... Here lies Brittany D., renowned professor of history. Came to learn, but taught them all. To Cthulhu, she must call. Hmm. A few more feet down the way, you find one on uh, the other side that says, Here lies Eric Z., devoted professor of philosophy. Studied arts beyond the veil. Now interns the bowels of hell. These are very witty. I love them. Uh, another one says, Here lies John I., just a regular guy, but also a professor at Miskatonic. Before he drank some tainted ink. Not tonic? Next one says, Here lies Wouter V. A lowly student was thee. Arriving in a storm at a German dance school. The curse of Suspiria denoting the fool. Ooh. And finally, a much more ornate tombstone, which has actually fallen into the grass. But you can read it as the sun breaks through the clouds and shines directly on it. It says, Support us on Patreon. What? (laughs) Here lies Keith M., a student found juggling them. A handful of dice they are. Most likely rolling boxcar. Yeah, roll them boxcars, baby. My personal favorite is the tombstone that says, Here lies the body of Jonathan Blake. He stepped on the gas instead of the brake. (laughs) Then you see three ghosts that are trying to hitchhike. (laughs) (laughs) We're on the right path. All these tombstones are pointing us the right way. 
As you traverse along the worn pathways that weave among the sun-whitened tombstones, you notice a large statue to one side that seems like a fallen albino angel. Well, an angel whose wings have fallen off, now laying in the underbrush like the discarded remains of Icarus. One hand clutches a rosary around its neck, while the other awkwardly points at the sky, probably due to the fact that the statue has shifted slightly off its low pedestal. You're not quite sure what the broken guardian might have been looking at, since its eyes have been chipped out of the face. Roy, come with me real quick. Let's yeah. take a peek at this. All right. I'm going to go up and investigate, look all the way around, and closely look at the eyes. Okay, much good. Give me a spot hidden then. I needed a 25. I got a 79. Roy, why don't you take a look? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> he tries to shoot it. Hubert looks over it, and he doesn't see anything. Unusual. It appears to be just like a, a normal statue that's shifted off its base slightly. Well, let's get going. Can inspect Jack. Oh, shit. I'm going to look at the base real quick just to make sure I didn't miss anything. No, I mean, it looks like, it, you know, the statue used to sit on the base and now it's just sort of shifted slightly off. Peculiar. Well, let's keep moving, Roy. Give me a yet another spot hidden, please. Keep rolling until I get something. Yes. <gasps> hey! Oh, my God. Oh I needed a 25. I got a 24. Just a few feet past the Broken Angel. It's basically the crossroads. You can go west or east. At that point, the swamp encroaches at the edges of the cemetery, slowly overtaking the property and reclaiming a land that was, was once its own, feeding off the fertilizer conveniently buried six feet below. As you approach the crossroads, a whiff of stale, fetid air assails your nostrils. Whoa. <laughs> to the north is where this odd smell is coming from. Sorry. And Hubert looks down at the pathway and sees footprints in the the dirt of the trail that lead into the underbrush. Jinkies. I quickly do a look to the left of the pathway, the direction I thought I should go that was pulling me, and then it all is clear. This was to get me to this point. I need to move forward. I need to follow these. They're here for me to follow. Roy, new direction. Let's go. So you part the thick greenery, mm. and you can see mm. a wide earthen tunnel that leads <sighs> north and down. Slow down. We agreed not to do this type of podcast. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dan, as you stand at the base of the steps, you hear a loud bang come from inside the church, and it sounds like... Something falling off of the dais. And I think that's where we need to call it. Oh, come on. It's not a rock me? A rock me falling off the dais. Falling off the dais. I was going to say, as I'm sitting at the steps, I'm just pull out my pocket knife and start gingerly cutting the plants that are closest to me and setting them <laughs> off to the side. Gingerly. So that's going to do it. That's getting good. I really hope I brought my backup magazine. It's fun that the insanity can change your character's motivations instantly and you can play them differently. I love that. Because normally I would not, this character would not be driven at all to do anything out of his comfort zone. Yeah, you sort of like, rolled nicely. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, and see, normally at this point, Dan would be the one who'd be like, okay, yep. we need to figure out what's going on here. He's the one who's trying to be a serious investigator. And now he's the one who's like, let's not go anywhere and do anything. <laughs> I'm going to stay with it. You guys like Parcheesi? <laughs> cool. Well, we'll continue that in. Tune in next time for more of Chapter 6, The Big Uneasy. Mm-hmm. And now it is time for some recommendos. And I'm going to start today. So, nanners. Yeah. All right, my yeah. recommendo for this episode is... The book, not a movie. What's a boo-ock? It's, it's a scary chicken sound. Bok, bok, mother. I'm recommending the book from 2000, written by Mark Z. Danielewski, called House of Leaves. And it's very difficult to describe because it's a postmodern Lovecraftian tale by way of David Lynch. It's funny. It's scary. It depicts shifting time and space. It has a lot of long one-shots. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, a straightforward piece of literature because he uses all manner of techniques to engage you in reading this book as an active participation. So 
there will be a, a written page that is actually written vertically, then horizontally, then backwards, that you actually have to take the book and turn oh, it and spin creepy. it in your hands in order to finish the sentence. Too much work. Ah, yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm waiting for the movie. And, and I'm so waiting for the audio book. <laughs> that, that's, that's one particular page, and then he'll have a bunch of footnotes where you actually have to go to the back of the book in order to fill in the gaps, they're not they're not actually footnotes. In order to finish the sentence, you need to go to the back of the book and complete huh. the sentence. So you're going back and forth, shuttling between where you were. Uh, there are photos. There are transcripts from tape recordings. It's just an amazing experience in this day and age. Well, I guess now 18 years ago, where someone took the time to not only dissect the standard ghost story or haunted house story, but also to make the book itself the haunted house. That's why it's called House of Leaves, because there's leaves of pages. Uh, and uh, the book itself is haunted, and it brings the reader into, at, by the end of it, you are essentially trapped in the book. One of the interesting things about the House of Leaves is that he has a sister. Mark has a sister named Anne, who is a musical artist named Poe, P-O-E. And she released an album called Haunted as a companion piece to House of Leaves. So she has songs that are essentially chapters or snippets of and actually include a reading from her brother on, the, on one particular track. And it, it's an amazing pop rock album, but if you've also read the book, it's a perfect melding of the two. Huh. It's just a ton of fun. And it also uh, is, a, if you start with the album, uh, it sort of gives you a feel and a vibe of what the book's going to be. And then you read the book, and then you go back to the album, and it's, it's a really cool uh, multimedia interactive experience. Huh. So Crazy. Uh, the book is quite big, and it, it is. Uh, particularly challenging because of the different ways you would read it. Uh, but it is well worth it. It's probably one of the best books I've read in the last 20 years. Nice. So House of Leaves, that's my recommendation. All right, Brian, how about you? House of Cards is my... No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is a documentary-style series that came to Netflix. It's uh, The Toys That Made Us. Um, I put off watching it. I like documentaries, but it's hard for me to get to start one when there's so much other things that could, that you could be doing. So I figured I'm going to put this on while I'm doing some housework and I ended up doing no housework. (laughs) Uh, Basically they cover all the inner depths of toys that you grew up with in the 70s, 60s, 70s and 80s and 90s actually. So uh, like He-Man and Barbie and and G.I. Joe and they, they, they don't just go into depth on the toy, but the people who made the toy. One of the things I pulled mostly from it in the first episode that I watched was the 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 vision and strength of the women that were creating this these toys and pushing these toys and uh, making fun of the men for for being so limited in their thought and their vision in the seventies and sixties. You can't believe how much money they made because of the vision of, of these women, uh, where they would have lost the money otherwise. But obviously not just about that. It's just something I gleamed from it. Just going back and revisiting and seeing how and why He-Man came about, which was a huge thing in my childhood. I wanted all the characters. I wanted the Castle Skull. I wanted the special key that could open it. And why they invented this, and it was strictly money-making. But it turned into an icon for millions of, of people. In, the, in their childhood. The second season's coming out soon, so um, I'll give a follow-up review to that. It's only four episodes, so it's, it's a short, but they're about an hour or so each, and it goes into depth on one particular product from your childhood. So I uh, recommend that to, to binge uh, starting tomorrow, everybody. The Toys That Made Us. All right. Joel Matthew, what you got for us, buddy? I got a game. I know personally I enjoy HGTV, and I know a lot of people out there do, probably even some of you listening. And I know one of the things that a lot of people love on HGTV are those uh, the shows about house flipping, where people buy a rundown house and renovate it and then sell it for money. And I know at least once or twice an episode I look at it and go, I could totally do that. 
And then I go and I look at my bank account and I go, I can totally not do that. Actually being able to flip a house. I found a game that lets me do it in virtual space. Game on Steam that released uh, as of recording yesterday called House Flipper. Literally exactly that. It's you start your own, you get to start your own little uh, renovation company. You start out by doing jobs for other people in their houses, you know, painting their rooms, maybe installing, uh, you know, a new bathroom, uh, laying down tile. And you earn money and you save up money and then you can start buying small houses and you can go through (laughs) and you can, you know, knock down any wall you want. You can put things anywhere you want and you, you renovate these homes and then you have to try and convince people to pay you as much money as you can for this house so you can go out and buy another one. So it's uh, all the fun of home design and taking something from being run down to being brand new with none of the risk because it's a video game. Except for that initial investment of the 20 and or 30 and or $40. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a lot cheaper than, uh, than going out and buying an actual rundown house and True, having and that. I can't believe they pay you real money from it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it is only 20 bucks, <laughs> which isn't bad. Oh, that's not bad. Nice. What was cool. the name of that game again? House Flipper. All right. Well... That's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, because that's a thing. Google Music, Podbean, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Tapes. Uh, and if anybody wants to uh, airdrop me some Agent Orange so I can clean up the cemetery, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if anybody can ship me a machete instead of this silly little cane sword I have so I can clear these, these weeds away, you can reach me at Brian Podcast on Twitter. And if anybody has seen Gabe since he was abducted by aliens, you can lob him at Lovecraft Gabe. Oh my. But until next time, roll for sanity. Too late. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.